Welcome to Between the Worlds, a podcast about tarot, magic, witchcraft, and all things enchanted. I'm your host, Amanda Yates Garcia, bringing you tarot tips, magical trips, and intimate conversation with witches and visionaries galore. Subscribers to our Weird Circle receive workshops, community bonus content, and magical support throughout the year. Visit BetweenTheWorldsPodcast.com for details. Thanks for traveling with us. We're glad you're here. When I think of the Four of Swords, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it's time to lay down your weapons. After the heartbreak, you're entering a period of recovery. So come fly with us between the worlds and find out how to heal your heart. Hey everyone, I just want to give a special shout out to our Jupiter level subscribers who came out to our first ever tarot studio last night. It was so much fun to hang with all of you. Uh, You said some great things about the event. For instance, you said, this was my first time reading for anyone else and I was so nervous. I feel so much better now. Oh, yay. We're so glad. Another person said, this was a huge confidence builder. And yeah, I saw some amazing reading going on there. And finally, another person said, this is everywhere I want to be. And I have to say, this is everywhere we want to be too. We can't wait for next month and our next tarot studio with all of you. So anybody who wants to join in, come become a Jupiter level member. So let's begin just by talking about the symbolism in this card that we're talking about today, which is the Four of Swords. So in this card, you see a knight in a sarcophagus. This is in the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version of the deck. And he seems to be inside of a, a church or a cathedral. There's a stained glass window behind him, which I'm going to talk about in detail in a minute. And there are four swords hanging on the wall next to that window. So let's get into some of this a little bit here. Let's talk about the knight in the sarcophagus. This knight clearly has come to the conclusion of his journey since he is not in the battlefield where we might expect to find a knight, but is instead laying at rest in the church mausoleum. He's in repose. He's gone to the land of the ancestors where he will be restored. So pay attention in your readings if knights come up when you get this card in the rest of the spread because you might want to look at what activity is the knight engaged in in this spread and what might the conclusion of that activity be. Consider that knights do the bidding of the king. In other words, knights represent the power of the authority in the reading, whoever that authority is. And according to our Arthurian legend thesis, which you might remember from the Ace of Swords episode, knights are in pursuit of the Holy Grail, which is the divine feminine. So 
knights have this very active, vital, vibrant quality. It's maybe an, an energy of aggression or force, but it's looking to heal itself and the land by accessing this uh, feminine, restorative, loving, uh, collaborative force. So this card in particular, the Four of Swords, often represents a need for rest or a recommendation to lay down your weapons and return to the sacred. Because here we see this knight, who is a fighter, of course, yet he's in repose in this cathedral, in this sacred place. So weirdly, this card implies a finality, right? The night is dead after all. We don't normally come back from that. But because it's a four and there are six more cards in the suit, this card does imply that the story continues and all is not as a final as it might appear because we continue with the five, the six, the seven, and on and on. I also think about how this card is a reflection on state power itself. We were talking about the king a few moments ago. I mean, this knight probably, we might imagine, got killed performing the will of the king during some war. Or this knight may have been hurt exercising the will, for instance, of the ego. So if we're looking at how this card might show up in your actual life, um, we might look at ways where we, our hearts, have been hurt in some way by performing some action on either the will of state power or social power and authority or conforming to our own ego demands. So, for instance, you might have just worked your ass off in some soul-destroying job and really be in need of a rest or maybe even a radical break with your entire career path. Or you may have just experienced some kind of heartache that maybe wasn't just something that you were a victim of, but something that you actively participated in, um, which is so often the case, as we know, as in the Three of Swords. And you might be in need of a retreat or a time where you, you're going to lick your wounds. Whatever is going on for you right now, the Four of Swords really does indicate a need to regroup. So let's talk about that stained glass window. In the stained glass window, a saint or some other holy figure is blessing a supplicant. Some people say it's the Virgin Mary blessing a supplicant. Some people say it's Jesus blessing a supplicant. In any case, we know many of those old stories where folks receive blessings from holy figures. They're receiving healings right? Like maybe they're being healed from leprosy or their sight is being restored or they're, they're being healed in some other fashion. So the stained glass window here is reminding us that this card is actually a blessing. It's a restorative card. The fact that you are now in this state of rest rather than being a punishment is in fact a blessing. And there's beauty and grace in this place if you look for it. Let's talk about the correspondences. So in the Thoth deck, this card is known as Truce, and it corresponds to Jupiter in Libra. So if you'll remember, Jupiter is the planet of expansion, 
right? It, wherever Jupiter appears, things grow, things expand. And when it's in Libra, the sign of justice and balance, it's indicating that though our hearts may have been broken, in this card, a balance is being restored, which will allow us to grow, especially spiritually, because Jupiter rules that spiritual growth. And remember, what does truce mean? A truce means that while you may not have completely solved the problem at hand, it's not over, at least for now, there is a place of rest or a ceasefire, even if it's just temporary. As you know, I'm sure, here at Between the Worlds, we see tarot less as a tool for prediction, even though it can function that way sometimes, of course. Um, maybe you will be going to a cathedral. Obviously, not right now in the middle of COVID, but someday I'm sure you will. <laughs> but um, we really think of it more as giving wisdom on how to make choices and how to walk your path rather than what will happen in the future or spying on the situation, so to speak. So when this card comes up, we really are being called to look for a truce within ourselves and within our situation. So we might be coming to a truce with ourselves in a way like, oh, I can't completely figure out a way to resolve this problem that maybe is, is caused by myself or my situation, but I'm finding a way to make it workable for now so that I can get some rest and restore and regroup a little bit. So you, you can ask yourself when this card comes up, where is the place that I've been hurt that needs a little extra time out? The other day, a friend of mine was telling me about a puppy they had that kept getting kicked out of doggy daycare centers because this puppy would just play and play and play until they hurt themselves and literally got blisters on their paws. And I was like, couldn't the daycare just give him a little time out or something? Like put him in a crate and let him calm down and sleep instead of just kicking him out of the daycare? Anyway, the point is, when the Four of Swords comes up, it's the same for you. You're being asked to consider, where have you been playing too rough? How did your paws get so blistered? And is there a way that you can give yourself some quiet time in your crate to recover? Like, go get some rest, pull the curtains, cocoon a little bit, and find a way to restore yourself. Let's remember also that the number four, which corresponds to the emperor card, is all about materialization. It's about making things real, making them stable. The emperor stabilizes. The emperor contributes to the thriving of the ecosystem. And since the suit of swords, as you'll recall, is related to the mind and awareness and language and truth, of course, power, but let's focus specifically here on the mind. This card is about calming your mind, bringing peace to your mind. And if, if not complete peace, at least a truce where you can rest. So it's really about stabilizing after a period of turmoil and recovering from wounds. So short answer before we go into getting our second opinion from our guest, which I cannot wait to hear. When this card comes up in a reading, basically what it's saying is, get some rest. It's okay to retreat a little. It's okay to regroup. Rest is valiant. 
there is spiritual value in resting, especially if your heart is on the mend, which it really is for all of us at this moment. Remember that it's in the dark, in the caves, in the mausoleums, in the dark of the earth where the roots of the plants are, in the dark of night when we're in our bedrooms and our beds, in those places that we restore and we heal. You're going to take action again soon enough, but you need all your strength. So get some sleep, little ones. Our guest today is Brandy Spradling of Venus in Retro Tarot. She is a progressive black feminist and a proud wife and mom who practices intuitive tarot from a healing perspective. And I first came to know of her work through her Instagram feed at Venus in Retro Tarot, which we'll have the link to in the show notes. And what I really love about her work is how authentic and honest it is. She really doesn't shy away from the struggles of life. She doesn't have that often unrealistic, I must say, wellness, quote-unquote, agenda, which can sometimes feel like it's telling us that we can solve all of our problems by buying expensive yoga treats in Costa Rica or things like that. Brandy really has a special gift for making the tarot accessible, especially for folks who might feel alienated from the kind of more typical, like I said, wellness discourse. Like, for instance, for for neurodivergent folks or people who have experienced trauma, she really is doing tarot for real people, and she's she's willing to be vulnerable about her own experiences and also, importantly, how she uses tarot to help herself through those challenges. I know you're going to love her work as much as I do, and I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's go. Quick heads up, though, we do address a few sensitive issues in this episode, such as mental illness and birth trauma, just letting you know in case you're feeling vulnerable today. But most of the episode is focused on healing, which is what this card is really about. So let's get to it. excited to hear your thoughts about this card well so like when when this card comes up what what do you think about like what's the kind of first thing that comes to your mind or that really appears in the air when you're thinking about this card well when I think of the imagery of the card what really strikes me is how simple it looks just by you know gazing at it um you know if you're looking at the Smith Rider weight you know the figure is just laying there so it's like what could be easier than that, right? It's deceptively simple and like by its imagery, but it is so difficult in practice, you know, because it calls us for to be present. Um, and we live in a really capitalistic go, go, go society. And, you know, it's easier to look for things that allow us to escape ourselves, you know, which I think you know, can be a beautiful thing. Sometimes we need to, you know, have that kind of respite. But this for, you know, is more of a grounding presence with self. So I always look at the numerology of the card. I think it gives so much information and just the associations that this card has with the emperor and also with death, because that reduces down to a four. 
So I always think about the ways the themes of transformation and death and rebirth come up. And that's really related to Scorpio. But then with the emperor, you're looking at Aries and it's like, who am I? So, you know, it takes a lot of introspection, a lot of reflection. Um, and that's what the Four of Swords really is to me. It's it's really taking time, you know, when things are moving so fast and nothing feels stable. Like, how can I find some stability to be present with myself? And, you know, who am I? in this time, um, in this place that I'm in, in my life, you know, and it's something that in any time of the day, you know, you can, you can do that. It's really simple, but it's very hard too, if that makes sense. Wow. That is so profound. All of that. I just want to like dig in there like a little gopher and like just (laughs) zoom all around in what you just said because there's so much in it. I love what you're saying about the emperor and the death card relating to this card because of course Mm -hmm. they do. I mean, even in the imagery of the writer Coleman Smith, like, you know, it's a knight who's laying on the sarcophagus. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, he's, kind of an emissary or the the one who takes the action of the emperor and yet he's in this state of repose and and he is also kind of a bringer of death but here he is um you know it, he he's in a mausoleum he's in his coffin and right. I love what you're saying about the um the fours as this this manifestation of stability or finding stability, especially within the swords, because the swords is like this frenetic, chaotic energy. There's like so much dynamism in the swords of like things moving. It's an air, you know, it's, it corresponds to air. So it's things are moving really quickly and, and, and we're trying to find some center there. And I love to this relationship to death, which is transformation and, and um, regeneration and that balance between the two with the emperor being this forward driving um, energy that's about, you know, ego essentially, but in, it can be right. either positive or negative, you know, like about being oneself truly. And then right. the death card is like relinquishing oneself. Yeah. And letting go and you know, Aries is, you know, I'm an Aries. It's all about the self, you know, and there can be positive and negative manifestations of that. Like, who am I apart from what I own? Or, you know, if you think about emperor, it's a sovereign. So, and sovereign means, you know, holy unto oneself. So it's, it's really trying, you know, in the four of swords, like if you're relating it to that emperor, like, taking it down to the foundation, right? The bare bones of who am I without the stuff that I own, without, you know, the the people, you know, it could, you could still be considering the people in my life. But, you know, when I think of it, it's like, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, but who am I when I strip all of that away? Like really getting present with self. Mm, that sacred connection. I think about that a lot with this card. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to kind of veer into what's sort of strange yeah. about this card is um, 
Speaking honestly, I think the placement of this card is a little strange within the suit of swords, right? Like the suit of swords really sets off and fits and starts. Like one minute you're moving forward fast. Next you're in a mausoleum. One minute you're stealing the king's weapons. The next minute you're bound up in a marsh. So I guess there's a lot of adventure. (laughs) But like in screenwriting, I was thinking about how in Hollywood screenwriting, each scene is supposed to take you to the opposite of where it starts. So like if a scene begins with the main character happy and in love, you leave the scene with them like walking through the rain because they got stood up. And that's what keeps a story interesting, supposedly. So I kind of think of this card in the trajectory of the swords as a a kind of balancing energy to some of the other dynamism that is happening. Like, because we're going from the three, which is heartache and heartbreak, Yes. To the five, which is about struggle and that there's this intermediary place where we're recovering, where we're restoring. And as you said, you know, I love what you're saying about coming back to your truest self and, you know, the night he's in the sarcophagus. And it just reminds us, like, you can't take it with you. Like all of the stuff that you might be struggling for that's material in nature, like when you're gone, you're gone. So you can't bring, you know, your swimming pools and your Rolls Royce or whatever with you into the next world. So what is really important to you? Like, it's a time to restore and remind yourself of that. Absolutely. (laughs) So why is this card useful? Like, what do you think it wants from us? Where, where do you, where do you feel like it fits into the story of the suit? I feel like this card wants us to, unlike the Four of Wands or even the Four of Swords in reverse, it doesn't want us to escape, you know, from ourselves, you know, because when I think about this card, I do usually read it in succession with the Three of Swords. Like, you know, those three swords that are above that figure, I always think about them being the ones that were pulled out of the heart, you know. Yes. So this, yeah, this person's laying there and those swords, like they, they could fall. They don't, they don't, you know, nothing is guaranteed when you hang something on the wall. That is true. (laughs) I think about it. I'm, I'm terrible at hanging pictures. So, you know, it's, it's trust as well, like trusting yourself, but trusting yourself to be able to handle what comes up when you're present with yourself. Like, um, because it is meditative and there's a lot of healing that happens in this card. And healing isn't simple. It's not linear. It's really, really difficult. And um, one thing that I think about with this card, especially um, as someone who's neuro- neurodivergent, I have bipolar disorder, but anyone who has um, any sense of neurodivergence that sometimes the way that I see other tarot readers read this card, it can be a little bit uninclusive. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. No, but, please. You know, I'm, when we I'm talk- right there with you on this tangent. <laughs> yeah. Please tell us, tell us. But, you know, it can be some of that really trite, um, you know, meditate five times a day. I mean, five minutes out of the day, you know, every day when sometimes that's not feasible. Or, you know, if you have a trauma background, 
you know, traditional meditation could bring you more anxiety than relaxation, there are ways that we have to think about who we exclude and who we include in taking on the medicine of the Four of Swords. So, you know, if you can't meditate necessarily, do affirmations. Like if you feel kind of silly saying it out loud, try to think of positive things that you can say in your head that are I am statements that bring that emperor I am, you know, into the mental space. And then also, you know, gratitude statements, but also being very careful about how we talk about gratitude. I like to say, like, if you are going to do gratitude statements, don't do them in comparison to someone else. Like, I should be grateful for what I have because other people, you know, are suffering. So not to discount yourself, you know, and your struggle, but more of a gratitude statement of, I am grateful I have this moment. I'm grateful that I can come back to my breath. I'm grateful that I can feel the earth under my feet. Simple things. Just being able to give people several different kinds of tools in their arsenal to make this the medicine accessible. I think mm -hmm. that's really what this card really calls for us to create a different conversation around self-care and wellness and what that can mean that's outside of the capitalist system that we live in. So, you know, that's really what I what I think about. Wow, that is like you just that that is so valuable. That 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 information that you just gave us. Thank <laughs> you so much for that. Yeah. Sure. It is really easy to um to assume one's own experiences um universal and it's so important to remember the that it isn't and right <laughs> and and um i i'm really um inspired and and humbled that you you shared your experience with you know neuro neurodivergence and i'm wondering because i know that a lot of listeners out there will really identify with that and be really um feel really seen you know and heard to to have mm -hmm. someone speak about that I love what you're saying about this card as being about healing and how that what works for some people in healing often like, you know, quite privileged people like meditating five minutes a day, you know, when other people maybe don't have time to do that or come from a trauma background, as you said, that it might stir up problems for them. What do, what do you feel like if you feel comfortable sharing this? What do you feel like really helped in healing for you that maybe relates to this card is is it the affirmations or it was tarot um I mean I had been watching tarot videos and really trying to learn from what I was seeing and I would feel sometimes I would feel affirmed and other times really excluded especially you know, when there came talk of just do this or, you know, you're an energy vampire or you're low vibe, you know, like if this comes up, you know, some YouTube readers and, you know, there is a market for that and there are people who need that. It just necess didn't necessarily make me feel good. But when I got my own deck and I was able to pull my own cards and see what it meant for me, that felt like in itself like a meditation where I could see 
and, you know, look at these pictures and connect with these cards in a way that gave form and function to what I couldn't necessarily like pull out of the ether, you know, so that's very, very four of swords to me. Um, that tarot really saved me in a in a dark time, you know, that I was going through that, you know, it gave me something because I'm a very big advocate of medication if you need it, therapy if you need it. Like I do all of that. But it was something where I could connect with myself for myself at any time. I didn't have to rely on someone else to give me a sense of stability and like a home, you know, in myself. Mm, yeah. So that developing your own personal relationship with these sacred tools and not relying on the advice or the um, yeah perspective of people who maybe don't really sh- share your experience and might be telling you things that are, in fact, not only not resonant for you, but might even be harmful. And so then creating your own relationship and diving into that sounds like it was really, really right. healing for you. I love that so much. And and I do think that it applies to this card because when I think of this card, you know, with the stained glass windows, and I, I see the figure there giving a blessing to this, you know, person who's coming for healing. And so I, I really see this card as like relationship to the sacred. So when, you know, in the suit of swords, we're dealing with power and authority, which can very easily go from something helpful for the well-being of the community to something violent. And so the swords, I feel like, are always reminding us to reconnect with our sense of purpose and the sacred and and to really remember, like, our heart, you know, to come back to the sacred, to come back to our heart. Oh, yes. Absolutely. As a big fan of the podcast last season, when um, you would talk about the astrological correspondences to the cards, like this card, um, when you think about it um, being related to Jupiter and Libra, like Jupiter being higher values and, you know, Libra is related to the justice card, like seeking alignment and fairness and so much of like even 2020 like i think about that meme that was going around earlier this year the the tarot deck that's like oops all powers <laughs> like yeah. you know things feel really unfair <laughs> it can feel so unfair and you know that you know that jupiter in libra advice is like that you know to hold on to or to be able to grasp we can find some sense of alignment in, in that grounding. So, you know, it just, it kind of allows, you know, that Sagittarian, like, what do you believe? Like, because your beliefs can be really shattered (laughs) in times like these, like your faith in humanity, your faith in, you know, your fellow neighbor to wear a mask, do something as simple as that to keep your, you safe and, you know, the people around them safe that it can really shake your your sense of justice and fairness, you know, and all of the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, that's been really picked up this year. And it really feels unfair for marginalized people, for people who have disabilities, you know, just anybody who's vulnerable. 
in any sort of way that, you know, that medicine is there from the Four of Swords. Like, that correspondence really just feels like in itself that message of, like, you know, Jupiter is the Wheel of Fortune and Libra is justice. Like, when we are trying to stay in our center, you know, which I learned a lot about from being in Tarot for the Wild Soul. Um, Lindsay Mack is so awesome. You know, that, that We're fans. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, that get into alignment, you know, that stay in your center and, you know, justice is something that, you know, the arc of history always bends toward that. But you can only really get there from a grounded place. So Yeah, totally. I love all of this. I mean, I, I so agree with, you know, the the amb- ambitions towards justice that this card implies. And, you know, Jupiter as this planet of expansion and wherever it, it appears, mm-hmm. the thing that it's dealing with expands and grows. And in Libra, it's the expansion of justice. And I love what you were saying. Well, I don't love it, but I, I really hear what you're saying about, you know, that that what is going on in our culture right now is so unfair and so heartbreaking and can lead to so much disillusionment. Um, and that there's something in this card about like the restoration of the heart come that that restoration comes through an allegiance to justice. Yes. Or that there is there is something related to justice that that is what heals because as you've been saying so often here like this card really is about healing. So much about healing. Well, so can you think of a personal story or a movie or a song or something that comes up. It's something you feel comfortable with that, that illustrates this card in a kind of more like practical, hands-on kind of way. Yes. Um, well, I am a son in the eighth house person. So like, I don't mind getting like super vulnerable. <laughs> I will. Um, I have a personal story of like when I gave birth to my son um, he's almost three years old now, so it, I've had time to really do a lot of healing around it. But um, I almost died in childbirth, and that's you know something that's not unique to Black women, you know, but very related to justice as well. But um, you know, I had a massive hemorrhage, and I woke up three days later only to find out that I had to have a total hysterectomy. I wasn't ready to finish, you know, having children. Uh, I had heart failure. I got pneumonia in the hospital. Like, I hadn't seen my son. Like, I was alone in the hospital for about nine days. So, you know, just the shattering of that, that's that's really a death, you know. Like, not all women have uteruses, obviously, you know, trans women. But identifying heavily as a birth giver as someone who wanted a bigger family, um, that it it completely shattered me. And for a long time, I felt like rather than trying to be present with myself, I was trying to escape, like find anything else to like throw myself into the baby or, you know, go, somebody's going to fix me rather than, you know, like trying to help heal myself. You know, so therapy is great. 
and I did therapy and I had TMS, which is um, kind of like a brain tapping thing that helps to lift your moods and, you know, just trying everything to, you know, connect with family. But in the end, you're really like, it's a very lonely experience. Um, you know, so I feel like that, that four of swords, it was really learning how to take time, you know, in my day just to think like, it's okay to be heartbroken. Like I'm hurting and that doesn't make me any less of a person because of what I've lost. Like, you know, my heart will never be what it was before. It's kind of like that three of swords, like those swords were in there and my uterus is gone. There's no bringing it back. It's not fair, but I still have value and there are ways that I can connect with myself to make myself feel valuable. So, you know, that to me is very four of swords is just, you know, being grateful that, you know, I have my life and, you know, my children are healthy and all of that. But more importantly, that like it doesn't diminish me that what I went through and just being able to take time and presence to say, like, I'm a fucking survivor, like, you know, and affirm myself like I did that and I survived it. And, you know, I'm here trying to to thrive beyond the experience. And it's not easy. You know, it's a struggle every day. But that medicine is it, it saved me. Wow. What a profound and harrowing tale. I am so glad that you are here with us today. And I'm so sorry to hear <laughs> that you. you went through that. I am also very inspired to hear your meditations on this subject of um, going through something that embodies so much pain and loss and thinking again about what you'd said before about the um, the death card, relating to this card and how death always does involve some kind of loss. And when we experience grief, it might not be something that we're able to, to walk away from. It might be something that we carry with us. Right. A lot of people, when they experience grief, you know, the, the world kind of expects them to get over it and move on. And you know, sometimes it's not the way it works. Like sometimes it's something that you carry with you forever, but there's a kind of acceptance or um, a peace that it seems like you are finding in some way. And specifically thinking about um, this idea of healing that's embodied in this card and how it takes as long as it takes. Like right. the healing. There's the, no timetable. Yeah. And I love too what you're saying about the our traumas do not define us. Like they don't tarnish us. You know, that that um that this card is about honoring what we've been through. Like this figure here is like exalted. They're they're in a in a mausoleum, they're they're put they're in a place like of great sacredness, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot here about honoring the sacred of 
our experience, uh, the sacredness of our, our making it through, you know, does that yes. make sense? <laughs> yes. And, you know, it being a four, you know, fours are sometimes a completion, but I don't see it that way. I see it, you know, it's like a constant renewal in some way of like, you know, you have to do this practice over and over and over again. And I guess in that way, it's, you know, it is related more to to the death card in that way than, you know, to to the emperor, you know, I, I think about four of wands, you know, when I was listening to your episode where it's kind of like that threshold, like there's, there's a threshold, but it's like a constant, like circling back to, you know, crossing over it until you feel that sense of peace. And then it's constantly changing, you know, the thresholds that you cross in, in healing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it doesn't look the same even for, you know, me every day, like healing can look like just going outside for a walk one day. And it can be hard sometimes to even cross the threshold to get out of my house. And then healing some days can look like I really don't want to drink any water. And I need to just drink. Like <laughs> I need to hydrate. You know, it can be so simple. It doesn't have to cost any money. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular where you set up rituals. Ritual is beautiful, but it can, you know, it can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. Yes. So much yes to all of this. You know, I was, um, I was at a lecture not, well, uh, quite a while ago, I have to admit, since we've, none of us have been to lectures in the past, <laughs> you know, year. <laughs> But um, it was a, a lecture with a, a series of Black poets, and um, one of the women in the audience who was Black was saying that um, in, in, in African culture or in Black culture, the idea of time is cyclical, and so it's always search, circling back upon itself, and it's always, um, you know, moving in and out of, it's kind of like, you know, the tides, whereas in like colonialist culture, white culture, um, time is linear and we're expected to just kind of drive forward with mm -hmm. like this relentlessness. And um, I love that you're bringing this perspective into the process of healing, that it isn't linear. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's like an appropriate thing to say, but um, I'm wondering, like, do you do you resume with that or oh I do absolutely and I think especially being a Capricorn moon like that to me like you know Saturn is rules my emotions like there there always feels like this pressure that comes from my moon to like all right you're on a schedule like it's it's time to move on but you know there's there's still this like no no you know, if right. I'm not ready and, you know, today I might feel like, oh, everything's great. And just having to remind myself kind of like, like we were talking about with the wheel of fortune, like the wheel will turn this too shall pass. So like, I'm feeling good today, tomorrow, like just remind myself, like it could be totally shitty and it's going to take as long as it takes. And 
you know, I heard a lot of things on my healing journey, like, oh, you know, you're still on that. Or, you know, people, they mean well that they can say things that are, you know, inadvertently hurtful. Or like, I thought you would be further along in your healing process. Like, we're back to this now. Like, but I had to learn how to, and that's very emperor, like be my own authority. I'm my authority on my healing. Like no one gets to tell me how long this is going to take, you know, because also that is very, you know, Western, (laughs) you know, and brooded in white supremacy is like, you know, telling a black woman what she should do with her feelings that you exist to be used. And if you're not that, then what is your worth? You know, so redefining that for myself feels like an act of resistance. Like I'm going to heal on my terms. And if it takes the rest of my life, that's what it's going to be. So amazing. I love that so much. And thank you so much for sharing that perspective. Um, I would love to offer our listeners a little treat, which is, um, you know, when this card comes up, uh, you know, for those people out there who are going through their own healing processes, I'd love to draw a card uh, and just talk about like if they are going through their healing processes, if they are having this cards moment, um, let's draw a card to see how how tarot advises that they might respond to this. Does that sound good Ooh, to you? This will be fun. <laughs> okay, I've got one here. Ooh, the lovers. The lovers reversed. Actually, challenging oh. one. What do you think? Well, let's see. If we pulled the Four of Swords and the Lovers in reverse, the Lovers to me is always that sacred mirror. And so in the reverse, I always read it as looking outside of yourself for affirmation, you know, because in the upright, we can see someone else and, you know, the positive qualities that we see in them are really a reflection of ourselves. But In the reverse, we can really be searching outside of ourselves for that affirmation, for that um, sense of, you know, the divinity within ourselves. And so the Four of Swords can really be grounding and saying, like, I love how Lindsay Mack says it, like, come home, like, Mm -hmm. come home to yourself and you can affirm that. You don't need to, to seek that outside of yourself right now because you could probably be grasping on to something that is not as good for you as it may look. Yes, I hear all of that and second all of that. I also think about this card as advocating that we become world unto ourselves, right? That we that we have more to offer our lovers, our partners, our relationship when we really develop our own internal worlds. And so you know, much like you were saying, this idea of coming home, that, you know, if you're going through a healing process, it might require that you develop your own world a little bit more, that you attend to your own world. And by that, I mean, reconnecting with the things that you are interested in, maybe the the literature or the tarot or, you know, the music that you love or places that are sacred to you or, you know, relationships that you have with the plant world or with the animal world or even with your friends, but that 
it's calling you to flesh out your world a little bit and that by doing that, you will bring healing. When you remember who you are and let yourself expand within that, that that, that growth, that internal growth can be a really powerful healing process. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Well, so those listeners out there are going home with some good tips. What about um, just kind of a final question here? What's your juiciest witch's tip for this moment? Is there anything you want to share with our listeners that you feel like might be helpful to them that you're practicing right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I consider myself a baby witch. Like I am still on my path in learning. Um, so that is my tip is really like I'm a Virgo rising. So we love things to be very linear and in order. And I'm having to learn how to just experiment and play a little more and like let that fire, you know, for my Aries son, uh, just be eclectic and figure out, you know, let it kind of develop. And that also, you know, I don't need a lot of tools and fancy things because I started going on Etsy, like I need this for my altar and I need that. And I think basically, you know, the Four of Swords says it best, like, you know, get back to the basics, the root, Um, your intention is what matters more than anything. Like, if I want to make moon water and I can't see the moon from my window, like I can say, so mode it be. And it's moon water. There we go. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's my witchy tip and I'm, I'm learning to roll with it. It is hard, <laughs> but like, that's what I would say to anyone who's new to the practice. Yeah, I love that so much, going back to your roots and also that fundamental witch principle, which is that your magic works according to your word. And so you have to be able to trust your word, you know, and if you do trust your word, like if you do trust that what you say is true, then when you say it's moon water, it is moon water. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you so much. This is just been incredibly rich and profound. I will never think of the Four of Swords the same way again. You've just really fleshed this out and, you know, given me so much to think about in, in relation to this. And I know that our listeners will be so grateful for all that you've brought to this work. Um, if they want to find you, which I know they will, uh, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Is there anything coming up for you or, or would you like them to follow you in any specific place? Well, I am on Instagram at Venus and Retro Tarot, um, and I plan to be making videos again soon. I'm working on a book of spreads um, based on the major arcana, so I'm hoping to finalize that by the summer. But, you know, I'm kind of letting my practice evolve and trying to see where it goes in the next few months. But um they can find me on Instagram. I'll be posting some daily readings again pretty soon. That will be great because I follow you on Instagram and I love all the things that you have to say. So thank you, Brandy, so much for being thank here with you. us. We are just so delighted. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. This has been a blast. Dear listeners, don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be leaping out of the sarcophagus and into the fire. 
with the Five of Swords, sometimes known as the curse card. Dun, dun, dun. We'll be learning how to lift that curse with one of our favorite witches, Marcella Kroll. So tune in. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Subscribers to our Weird Circle at the Jupiter level get workshops, community, bonus content, and magical support throughout the year. We really do hope that you join us. In the meantime, if you love our content and want to keep us on the air, please do take a moment to give us five stars or leave us a sweet review on iTunes or share your favorite moments from the podcast on social media. Truly, all of it makes a huge difference to us. You can tag me at Oracle Valet or at Between the Worlds Podcast. Not only does your support help keep us on the air, it helps baby witches who really need this content know how to find their way to us between the worlds. So thank you for being here and thank you for helping other people find their way here as well. This podcast is hosted by Amanda Yates Garcia and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Ricks. Our icon was created by Maria Minnis, aka Tiny Parsnip, and our graphic design is by Leah Hayes. Thanks for flying with us. Let